Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news uh, and analysis. Before we get uh, to our great co-host, Sam Gordon, just want to let you know that Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by Blue Wire. Uh, Sam Gordon, I am uh, in Los Angeles right now for Super Bowl week. Uh, it's just crazy to me, uh, knowing everything that happened in Los Angeles without the NFL for 21 years and all the times where, uh, you know, uh, Los Angeles felt like Charlie Brown and the NFL was Lucy holding down the ball and pulling it out at the last second uh, when we when we thought we were going to get, um, you know, the NFL uh, only for it to to happen, to truly happen. And now for the Super Bowl to be here at SoFi Stadium, it's kind of a surreal uh, moment for me because I've been, I was in Los Angeles for 30 some odd years and, and rode that roller coaster ride. But it's a pretty big deal. Uh, interesting that the Rams are here playing the Bengals. Uh, the first Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium um, will be the Los Angeles Rams. As, you know, uh, it's their home stadium. How crazy would it be in a couple of years if the same thing happened, Sam Gordon, and the Raiders hosted the Super Bowl at Allegiant Stadium? Well, that would be really something, Vinny. I mean, I think about how long it had been before a home team had hosted a Super Bowl, right? 50-plus years. And then all of a sudden, back-to-back seasons, you get Tampa Bay playing at home, and now the Rams playing at home. Um, kind of a surreal deal, and uh, and may, look, maybe two years is enough uh, to, for the Raiders to, to 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 rectify their issues and get to that point. I'm I don't know. I, we'll see. You know, stranger things certainly have happened. But uh, it's awesome that you're out in LA. What are the vibes like out there uh, a few days ahead of the big game? Yeah, a little bit slow uh, earlier in the week, but uh, you can already tell by last night it was starting to pick up. It's gorgeous out here. I mean, it is a beautiful Los Angeles um, weather day today and uh, it's supposed to be like this all all week long um and so uh that's going to be great great for uh, the 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 country and the world to see uh what los angeles has to offer in terms of the uh, of the weather so um more and more people are starting to get in it'll start picking up um you know momentum here as the week goes on and keep in mind usually during the super bowl you have your media day um which happens on monday but because of COVID-19, they're still doing that virtually. So we didn't have that last night. So I think a lot of people adjusted their travel plans coming out here uh, sure. because that wasn't available. But um, but it's, you know, it's it's great. It's the Super Bowl. Uh, you can't ask for uh, more than that. No, I, yeah, I, I hear that completely. And I think we have a great matchup, a great matchup on our hands. The NFC champion Rams, the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. It's a fantastic matchup. A lot of storylines on both sides, and I know you, you guys are going to have us covered completely for Vegas Nation on all things Super Bowl these next few days. Yep, absolutely, and um, we're, we're, we're working as we speak uh, right now. Adam Hill and, um, and and Ed Graney are out here with uh, with us, so uh, it's been, uh, it's been a, a crazy couple of days uh, already, and uh, it's Super Bowl week, so it's just going to be like that, but uh, that's all good. Uh, we love it, and we love what we do. Uh, specifically as it relates to the Raiders, um, some news since the last time we spoke. Um, 
Patrick Graham is now the uh, the new defensive coordinator uh, for the Raiders. He comes over from the New York Giants, coached there a couple of years. Prior to that, he was the Miami Dolphins defensive coordinator. Um, before that, he coached the Green Bay Packers, uh, the New York Giants in, a, in an earlier stint. And then, as it ne- seems to always uh, <laughs> go back to, uh, he was in New England and coaching the Patriots uh, defensive side of the ball where he worked for uh, work with Josh McDaniels, uh, the Patriots or the new Raiders head coach, then Patriots offensive coordinator, Dave Ziegler, uh, the new Raiders general manager who was working in uh, the Patriots front office. So all ties uh, apparently and seemingly kind of kind of go back to uh, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and some of their relationships. And here we are with Patrick uh, Graham as a new defensive coordinator. Yeah, I really think this is a, a fantastic hire, uh, Vinny, by, by Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, and, and by the Raiders. Uh, this is, frankly, they're getting a head coach, a guy that's more than capable, more than deserving of being a head coach to be a defensive coordinator. He had multiple interviews uh, with, with teams, including the Minnesota Vikings, the Giants, for their head coaching vacancy, and one of the best defensive coaches in all of football. You take a look at what the Giants were able to do on that defensive side of the ball the past couple of years. Um, very, very good. Uh, very, very good the last couple of years. That, that, the defense wasn't the problem in, in New York, Vinny. Let's just say that. The defense wasn't the problem. And, and he inherits um, a unit that I think Gus Bradley, um, now with the Indianapolis Colts, and good for him getting another gig. Gus Bradley did a very, very good job with that unit kind of stabilizing things right after the 2000. Um, the 2020 season stabilized things in 2021, but I think what what Patrick Graham gives you um, is a lot more upside, just in kind of the versatility that they do, the the, the versatile that we, the versatility that we saw defensively from his teams um, in New York, a little bit more uh, mix things up a little bit more than than Gus Bradley did. We know Gus Bradley's kind of system is predicated around cover three. You know what you're going to get, um, but but Patrick Graham, I think there's there's more upside there. Hence the move. Um, and I'm curious to see how that shakes out once he gets in and really gets his system in place. But I like the hire. I thought he did a tremendous job, and the Raiders are fortunate to have him on their staff. And now it is that time of the podcast where we are joined by Chuck Esposito, director of race sports for Station Casinos. Chuck, of course, joins us every week to talk about the Raiders, the Vegas betting landscape, all things sports. And this week, Chuck, all things Super Bowl. How you doing, Chuck? We're four or five days away from the big game now. What's what's the vibe like um, on your end? How is everything going as the lead up to the big game continues to build? It's great, Sam. I mean, it's exciting for us. Uh, the prop packet is done. Um, it's kind of a little bit the calm before the storm. Uh, the number really hasn't moved now in about a week, side total or money line. Um, but when you get to the 24 hour, or excuse me, the 72 hours leading up until kickoff and the 24 hours right before the atmosphere is crazy. I mean, I, I still love it. It's just the fans coming in, everybody grabbing, you know, a prop packet. All the props are available on the app, the money that starts coming across the counter. It is just so much fun for us on our side of the counter. Um, it's exciting. You know, you've got a Cinderella story and the Bengals and a Rams team that was built to be here. They're playing in their home stadium. This has now happened two years in a row. Um, so all good stuff for us. Absolutely, Chuck. You talk about the props and the prop packet. Of course, there are dozens and dozens of props. Um, just kind of big picture. Can you walk us through the emergence of prop bets as kind of the 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 centerpiece of, of Super Bowl betting in a lot of ways. These are what generate a lot of the conversation, a lot of the discourse. How, when did these really become to the fore? When did they t- really emerge to the forefront of betting popularity, specifically when it pertains to Super Bowl? You know, first, you're right about the props, Sam. They really are what we're doing right now. They become kind of water cooler or media chatter. Um, there was always props on the board. I was still really young in my career. Um, we uh, 
I was at a, at Caesar's Palace at the time, and we opened up a refrigerator Perry prop. Um, as we know, that Bear team still is one of the most polarizing teams ever to win the Super Bowl. They were on the cover of every magazine. They were just a, a team of characters. If it was Peyton or McMahon or Singletary or, or Ditka or Buddy Ryan, I mean, in the fridge then, they were just characters. And, you know, Fridge had scored a couple of touchdowns during the regular season. And we kind of got this brainstorm, should we put up a prop about Fridge scoring? And you know, we didn't think he would really score, but it would draw some attention to it. Well, put it up about 25 to one. They bet it all the way down to even money. We were, you know, we stood to lose a huge chunk um, on if he scored. And it would have had to have been a perfect storm. Number one, would Ditka even put him in in a game of that magnitude? Would they ever be on the one inch line, basically, which what it took him to actually fall into the end zone? Uh, would they be up, you know, by enough points that it wouldn't be a risk? So there was just a number of factors. Anyway, again, you know, when he kind of fell into the end zone, long faces on our side of the counter. But little did we know that it would really would propel prop betting um, to where it is today. And after that, every year, we've had to be more creative. We've had to think out of the outside the box. You know, we've had props up tied to Michael Jordan, uh, LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Mike Tyson, Oscar De La Hoya, Tiger Woods. Uh, just to name a few, winner of the the big game to the winner of the Daytona 500, winner of the Super Bowl to a winner of a UFC fight. Um, so we just try to be as creative as we can every year because our guests really crave these prop packets and the exotic stuff that we can come up with. Absolutely, Chuck, and we could we could do an hour. We could do we could be here all day. Obviously, talking about all the specific props, of course. We know some of the different ones, first score, uh, yardage totals, point totals, everything under the sun. When you take a look at, at your prop board that you guys ha have posted um, at this point, what is you, what is your favorite prop with this year's game? What prop is you think is the most compelling or do you find to be the most interesting? Or if there's maybe two or three that you like. Yeah, there's a ton of props on the board, Sam. There's over a thousand different ways to bet the game. You can even bet the MVP in the game. But a couple that really stand out to me, we do have a number of cross-sport props that are up that are tied to, you know, stuff that's going on in college hoops and pro basketball and hockey. But I like this Bengal record-breaking prop. Um, will Joe Burrow break the record of 300 yards by Kenny Anderson in 1982? At the time, that was a record uh, for a quarterback. So he's going up against the top defense. Can he become the best quarterback as far as yardage goes in Bengal history? It wasn't Boomer Esiason. It was Kenny Anderson. So it's yes or no. Can he break Kenny Anderson's Super Bowl record? And I also like the, the two trifecta props that we have up. And this is Will Cooper Cup uh, have over 104 and a half receiving yards, score a touchdown, and will the Rams win? And on the other side, it's will Jamar Chase have over 82 and a half yards, score at least a touchdown, and the Bengals win. So if you like either one of those sides, you kind of feel like, hey, Cup's going to probably have to have a big game. They're probably going, he's probably going to score a touchdown, and I think they would win. And the same thing with Jamar Chase. So I really like those two trifecta props as well as the, the Kenny Anderson prop. But there is so much stuff on the board. You name it, we've got it. And it all starts with the coin toss. You can bet, will the coin toss be a head or a tail? And who will win the coin toss? So before they've actually played a game, there are two props on the board. Absolutely, Chuck. Um, you mentioned Super Bowl MVP. This is one that I always think is fun because sometimes, you know, that you have your Tom Brady's to win the MVP, but you also have your Malcolm Smith's and guys like that, the long shots that emerge. 
as MVP. He's looking at this board now. Matthew Stafford, even Joe Burrow, nine to five. Cooper Cup, five to one. Jamar Chase, eight to one. Odell Beckham, fifteen to one. Aaron Donald, eighteen to one. Joe Mixon, twenty-one. Cam Akers, twenty-five to one. And then, of course, the board goes on and on with with some of those dark horses. Chuck, when you take a look at this game, uh, right? We understand the quarterbacks on both sides are going to play a factor. We know about the skill position players on both sides. But when you take a look at this matchup, what do you think this particular game? comes down to is there a, a particular to me it feels like the Rams defensive line against the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line could be a premier matchup that could dictate ultimately the outcome of this game what is one matchup that you're focusing on as this game as we get closer to Super Bowl Sunday you know I think that's a big key Sam I think if it's if the Bengals win the game I think Burrow is an overwhelming favorite uh to win the MVP and maybe Maybe you throw in there Evan McPherson if he happened to kick five or six field goals. I think on the Rams side, it's a little bit more wide open. We know that the Bengals beat the Titans, but gave up nine sacks in that game. So if you're Aaron Donald and you're uh, Ramsey or you're Von Miller, and Von Miller has won one with Denver. I mean, you think about the sacks and a dominating defensive performance. um, And I think it's way more wide open uh, with the Rams side of it, where you could have a, a cup, you could have a Beckham. Uh, or one of the defensive guys kind of sneak in a little bit and win the MVP based on game script. So again, for me, if it's the Bengals, I think Burrow's an overwhelming favorite. I think it's much more wide open for the Rams. Yeah, I'm with you completely. The Rams just with their, it feels to me, Chuck, like the Rams have more ways to win a game, right? They can win with their defense. They can they can win with some of their playmakers on the perimeter. Whereas we, like you said, to your point, Cincinnati, it's going to be all about Joe Burrow. Before we get out of here, are there any other props or final thoughts that you have on the big game uh, before we get to Sunday. This is, again, I love this matchup. Uh, so many storylines on both ends. Is there anything else that jumps out or sticks out or that you want to highlight before we wrap up today? Yeah, I'm going to give you two kind of fun stats that, you know, the listeners can 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 kind of chew on for a little while with the game still several days away. The team to score last in the Super Bowl over the last 12 years is 12-0. and 0. And the team that scores first over the last 12 Super Bowls is eight and four. So kind of think about that. You think about that team that scores last in the game has won 12 straight games. This is your prototypical offense against defense, young team against a veteran team that's built to win now. Bengals were Cinderella. I think the slipper might fall off on Sunday, but I'm happy to root for whoever we need when they kick (laughs) off Sunday afternoon, Sam. Uh, No, absolutely, Chuck. Again, more than, as you highlighted, more than a thousand ways to play uh, the Super Bowl on Sunday at, with Station um, Station Sportsbook. Chuck, we appreciate your analysis and your expertise. Uh, only one football game left for us to talk about um, next week. I'm looking forward to it. Cannot wait for Sunday. Good luck to you on your end, and we are going to be watching on our end uh, a tremendous game, tremendous matchup. We appreciate everything that you do for us. Thank you so much for joining the show. All right. Thanks, Sam. I enjoyed it as well. Enjoy the game. I'll chat for a recap next week. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. As uh, uh, Sam uh, pointed out, Patrick Graham is, is pretty multiple in his defensive front. So he's primarily a three-four guy, but um, and that kind of raises some concerns. Obviously, uh, you know the Raiders have been a four-three defense for a long time. 
Max Crosby's coming off a career year uh, as a 4-3 rush and playing that 6-9 and nine technique lined up over the tight end and then lined up outside wide uh, of the offensive tackle at times. So, you know, I think Raider fans, even Max Crosby, like, okay, what's up? Um, well, to put things in perspective, uh, back in a couple of years ago when Patrick Graham took over as the Giants defensive coordinator, that was the first question he asked. Uh, and it was literally, are you giving me a 4-3 guy, a 3-4 guy? And he's like, yes. <laughs> that was his answer to that, yes. Um, and he later elaborated, saying, look, I'm not trying to make a joke out of it, but it's going to be, it's going to vary from time to time. Sometimes, um, you know, uh, watching and in, in watching the Giants defense, it ch- it would change sometimes during a series in a game. Um, he lined up guys in various different ways, uh, and and he did call uh, Max Crosby uh, right after um, he he was hired to kind of. And we talked to to Max about this. Max said he told me I was like, "Hey, don't worry about the noise of the three four or the four three. We're going to put you in the best possible position to succeed." And I think that's the key to the whole thing. Um, I I don't think they're going to ask Max Crosby to do something he's not capable of doing. So I would think, Sam, um, Max is still going to play primarily uh, as, a, as a rush end with his hand in the ground. However, you know, um, with a whole offseason to, to, to work, it might behoove, you know, Graham and, and, and even Max Crosby and, and the Raiders to see what he might be able to do uh, with his hand, you know, uh, you know playing upright yeah. as an outside linebacker. Um, and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But if it can work, if there's some, something there that he can offer uh, from that perspective, it only helps him. It only helps the Raiders. We saw Robert Quinn. I covered him when he was with the Rams and he was a 4-3 defensive end for years. And then all of a sudden, Wade Phillips comes in and uh, he brings in his three, four defense. And now Robert Quinn's playing upright as a rush. And well, the guy just had 18 and a half sacks last year playing yeah. in that system. In the three, yeah. four. It can happen. I wouldn't get too caught up in all that. No, I'm with you completely. I'm with you completely. Like you said, with a full off season, uh, these are the, these are professionals. These are the best football players in the world that, that sometimes have to adapt at various junctures throughout their career. And, and th- like you said, Patrick Graham's job is to come in here and figure out ways to make, Players on this team put them in positions to be successful. So maybe that is something that Max Crosby and Nick Nagakwe incorporate into their respective games. Maybe things stay status quo, and he's the one that makes the adjustment based on the personnel that they have um, here in Las Vegas. You know, there's I'm sure there's going to be there's always moving parts in the NFL roster moves. Guys, change, uh, guys that are going to be you know guys are going to depart. Guys are going to be brought in. So there's still a long ways away. But I'm with you. I think that um, that, that that should be that we're way too way too early thinking about any kind of structural stuff. He's gonna he's gonna come in there. Josh McDaniels is entrusting him to take this defense to the next level. He's gonna come in here with a plan, whatever that is four three three four, maybe different looks at times. Uh, but he's gonna come in here with a plan in place that uh, that that is you know that hopes for from his perspective to elevate a unit that again I thought was much better this past year than it was in twenty twenty. Yeah, without question, I think the next fall the fall I guess I'll just make up a, a new term um, is going to be uh, offensive coordinator. Yep. Where do the Raiders go? Um, you know, in, in terms of that, haven't heard anything yet on uh, on on any kind of an official word or anything. But they did add Bo Hardegree, um, who is now their quarterbacks coach. Uh, and again, he goes back uh, with Josh McDaniels uh, last year uh, with the Patriots, uh, but has been a, a coach now since 2008, starting at Duke, uh, was an intern at LSU, was a quality, was an offensive quality control coach with the Denver Broncos, offensive assistant with the Chicago Bears, quarterback's coach with the Miami Dolphins from 2016 through 2018, offensive assistant with the New York Jets from 2019 to 2020. 
offensive assistant with the New England Patriots last year, 2021. Uh, and now he's the quarterback's coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously, he's got a um, uh, definitely a background working with quarterbacks. Got a chance to talk to Mac Jones um, during uh, the Pro Bowl week uh, about about uh, about Bo. And you know, he was kind of sorry to see him go, but he's like, you know, obviously happy for him as well. Happy for him and his family. But, um, you know, felt like he that that Bo helped him in his progression this year, Mac Jones. Uh, so somebody with a quarterback background, um, I, I think you're going to see that, you know, with an offensive coordinator like Josh McDaniels, who has a history, obviously, calling the plays, and he's going to uh, still do that. You need that liaison, um, uh, you know, between yourself and the quarterback, Derek Carr, and everyone else in that room. So not a bad deal to bring in uh, this kind of a coach to work specifically with the quarterbacks. And I would imagine the offensive coordinator is going to be sort of of the same background, um, and, and so, uh, you know, uh, be able to see where, where, where that all kind of heads. Yeah. I think the most kind of important thing that is, is having, you know, just kind of symmetry, synergy and chemistry on that end of the ball. Like, like you, like you said, we know, we know what Josh McDaniels, he didn't come here to, to, to be a CEO. He's going to be very, very involved in the offense. Like you said, called a play. So it's just kind of about having, having some cohesion, um, with the offensive staff and a guy like Hardigree who, who is familiar with Josh McDaniels now getting elevated, getting a promotion here, going back to quarterbacks coach, uh, a position, like you said, he had fulfilled previously with the Miami Dolphins, having a chance to go back, back in that role, work with the quarterbacks in Vegas. It makes sense. It keeps things cohesive. It gives Josh McDaniels somebody he's familiar with that knows what he wants to do and that he knows what to expect out of and vice versa. So makes sense on that front um, as well. The Raiders have also added Chris Ash uh, is the new uh, defensive backs coach. Uh, former Rutgers head coach uh, ha- has had a uh, history as a defensive coordinator on the college level. Uh, so somebody that you bring in, if you're the Raiders, that has head coach experience, that has experience designing and calling and scheming up a defense, uh, and a lot of expertise, a lot, or excuse me, a background uh, in working with defensive backs. So uh, not sure exactly what the Raiders are getting with with uh, with Chris Ash, but um, it's somebody that has a, a pretty extensive background for somebody uh, that's going to be specifically coaching the defensive backs. Yeah, I think that's a crucial hire too, Vinny. I think if you take a look at, at an area for where there could be more upside on the Raiders defense next year, it's, it's defensive backs. Still young players on on that uh, in that in that area within the secondary with uh, with Trayvon Mullen, with with Nate Hobbs, guys that I think you, you they still have another gear that they could possibly get to or guys that you want to kind of figure out just how good they can be um, in, in Patrick Graham's system. So now you have somebody, like you said, a veteran with a lot of coaching experience to kind of lead that unit. I'm with you. We don't exactly know what to expect, but it makes sense bringing in somebody experienced at that position, um, to, to, to work with what's still a relatively young group of defensive backs. Yeah, no question. And, you know, as the, as the Raiders round out their, um, their coaching staff, I'm, I'm curious on offensive coordinator, obviously really curious about the offensive line. I think that's such a critical, crucial, uh, important hire that they have to make, and we'll find out, you know, pretty soon. I'm sure uh, who that's going to be. Uh, linebackers coach, defensive line coach. You know, uh, is Rod Marinelli back? I doubt it, um, but uh, we'll we'll see uh, who they bring in uh, for that role. So a lot of holes to still fill. I think the Raiders are, you know, going about it the right way, uh, being prudent and diligent as they build the staff out. Um, and 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 right now, with everything kind of focused on the Super Bowl. They're able to kind of, you know, uh, uh, get that work done, uh, do their due diligence as they as they round out that staff. But, you know, Sam, that offensive line position, in addition to offensive coordinator, but especially that offensive line coach position is something that they have to uh, hit and hit it right. 
Well, there's there's no secret, Vinny. Everybody who watched the Raiders this past season knows that that was that was the weakness of this team. If, if you had to identify one, I thought there was there was times where that unit was better. Um, certainly, certainly games in which it was better than others. But throughout the, for most of the season, um, there were issues uh, up front. So you still have young offensive linemen that, that you want to get a look at and see what kind of upside they have. Alex Leatherwood, John Simpson, and then I think in free agency. Um, it, it wouldn't hurt them to bring in a, a veteran as well. So that's a unit where you're going to need some stability. And as a result, um, a, a, a strong offensive line coach that is ready to help this group take the next step or or re, reshape it however he sees the fit. So um, that is that, again, of course, is a crucial hire. And, and, and in time, we'll figure out where all this thing, where, where, where this is all going. It's still relatively early in Josh McDaniel's tenure. We're going to learn more and more as the weeks go on. Yep, absolutely. It's going to be a short show for us uh, today. We got to get over to uh, uh, the media center. A bunch of stuff that uh, that we got to get to today. But I would imagine by the time we reconvene next week, uh, we'll have some more answers on the coaching staff. I'm again uh, really fascinated to see who they end up uh, bringing in as their offensive line coach. I feel like that is such an important hire. Uh, but until then, enjoy the week. Enjoy the Super Bowl, obviously. Sam, you got a pick? Uh, Vinny, I, I, my my head says Rams, but my heart says Bengals. My heart says Bengals. I, I, it's, I think, look, I think it's going to be a fantastic game, close game. Um, either way, I think the Rams certainly have the more talented roster, but there's something magical about Joe Burrow. We're going to see his magic on the biggest of stages. Um, a 50-50 game, in my opinion, but if I have to pick, I'm going with the Bengals in a close one in a classic. What about you? I just look at that Rams defense and, you know, number 99, Aaron Donald jumps out at me. Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey. Um, these guys, there's some stars on that on that defense. And, you, you know, even Leonard Floyd, um, you know, is a guy that had nine and a half sacks this year. He's getting single, you know, uh, covered looks uh, uh, blocking scheme wise because they got to pay so much attention to Aaron Donald and Aaron Donald is still a wrecking ball and in, uh, in, in consideration for defensive player of the year award. So I just think Aaron wants this thing so bad. I don't think he's going to let uh, the, 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 the rounds lose this game. And I'm not even getting into everything that they've got on the offensive side of the ball, but I don't think Joe Burrow and the, and the Bengals have faced a defense this good. And right now I know uh, that that side of the ball is really inspired, led by 99. So hard for me to see Joe Burrow and the, and the Bengals uh, able to overcome that. But like you said, he's kind of a magician. Uh, he's got a little magic going to him, Joe Burrow does. Uh, so maybe uh, he's going to be able to pull another rabbit out of his uh, out of his hat and, and win this thing. But I can't wait to see that game. Can't wait to reconvene next week, Sam, uh, with you uh, to talk all about it and what uh, all the news that we're going to probably uh, find out about the Raiders over these next six or seven days. Uh, so until then, like I said, have a great week. Enjoy uh, the game, Sam. I will see you uh, down the road. Uh, shout out to Larry Muir, our great producer. Really appreciate all the hard work uh, uh, of you. Guys, enjoy the week. Enjoy the game. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.